Hi everyone and welcome back to our podcast, Wait Let Me Call My Sister. It's me, Bianca, your host, and I'm so excited to have our guest on today who is a wellness and wellbeing goddess with an amazing journey, an amazing story to share and a very, I mean, the bar class that I did, I'm not going to lie, I <laughs> I struggled. But yeah, let me introduce Anna Hersneep. She's a fitness trainer and a specialist bar instructor. If anyone doesn't know what bar is, I'm sure Anna will definitely fill you up. <laughs> but yeah, welcome Anna. So happy to have you on. And yeah, please give our listeners, give our sisterhood um, the intro that you deserve. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Aww. So yes, my name is Anna. I am a specialist bar instructor. Um, and yeah, so bar um, is, I'll give you a quick insight into bar and how it came about. So bar is a low impact, high intensity workout. It is, um, it's super intense on the body. As you know, you've just said in your introduction. Yes. Um, I thought I was going for like some light, like yoga and stretch. <laughs> but so many people think that they're mm. literally like, oh yeah, it's going to be like, everyone brings their yoga mat thinking, oh, it's going to be lovely. <laughs> and it is lovely. I, I do think it makes you feel amazing afterwards. Oh yeah. Um, but it is, you know, you're using tiny, tiny movements and it's super intense on that body, which is all isometric contractions. And um, isometric contractions are the type of movements where you're in time under tension, basically. Yeah. And um, your body's just working super hard. And low impact work doesn't mean it can't be difficult and I think that's what people think with low impact work it has to be oh it's just going for a walk or going on the stepper in the gym you can actually really get your heart rate up you can work a full body so that is what bar is <laughs> I came to um be introduced to bar from a friend when I lived in London back 10 years ago when I moved there um wow. and he introduced me to it and I went to his classes and I was like oh god this is so hard I used to have a really bad relationship with fitness so I went to a few classes and then I stopped stopped completely um but I am now a fully trained fitness trainer so mm -hmm. that happened about four years ago and I've been teaching ever since basically amazing i love that um yeah bar is intense but you know since i've been doing kundalini yoga it does remind me a bit of that because you're still and like it's high intensity as you said because you're doing small movements but it's, it's like holding the position isn't it yeah. and i felt like i was so present at that moment because you're solely concentrating on that one thing what you're doing obviously when you do hit and you're doing like a circuit or something it's quite like you're thinking of the next thing before you've even finished that exercise that you're on and I found bar when I did your class and you know everything that we introduced to our sisterhood all the women that we collaborate with we've either all of us all of us four sisters or one of us has been to you know one of the sessions or had a class and I did really love bar as I said I I, I was just so present at that time so when I left 
I felt like I'd done such a good workout, but I also felt like my mind was like super clear. Like I just loved like the the, the um is it like meditation at the end, like the the, the cool down yeah. where we lie down and just yeah. so it's the same in yoga. You have a shavasana to cool down because obviously yeah. the cool down is just as important as the warm up and the class. Yeah, I feel people tend to just like shoot out the gym, but it's it's a part of you know healing as well at the end you know you're lying there you're, you're giving yourself a moment to breathe you're stretching um mm. because that whole class like you said it's as much as a physical challenge as it was as it is a mental challenge exactly. you know you're actually having to mind over matter all the time like push through for those extra 10 seconds how mm. powerful is your mind so powerful because I can push through those 10 seconds you can do anything in yes. 10 seconds I love that yeah love 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 so you, you slightly touched on there about living in London. So why don't you, let's fast forward 10 years and yeah, just give us a bit of an insight. Like what was you doing before bar, before fitness and how it came about living in London? So yeah, I am born and raised on the Wirral mm -hmm. and I um, started dancing when I was two years old. So my mum, I was a, such a tomboy. I still am a real tomboy. And I was really into sport. But my mum was like, I was throwing myself off the sofa and doing like gymnasticky things. And my mum was like, I really want Anna to try some dance. So she sent me to ballet school, well, to a ballet class. And eventually from there, that was kind of where I went into like disco dancing. And then I got into a place called the Hammond in Chester where I trained as a dancer and trained as a singer and an actress. And I went there from the age of 11, right the way through to the age of 18. Wow. And then I decided to, when I graduated in musical theater, I decided to move to London because that's technically the place where it all happens. The big smoke mm -hmm. as they call it, yeah. um, as you know. <laughs> um so I moved to London when I was I just turned 18 it was I won't lie like I still didn't really know who Anna was at that time but I knew that I needed to be there and that was the start of my professional journey so moved to London um with a few friends so at least I had some people there yeah. did not know London really at all like it was such a such a change for me um but that's how I really grew up like you know it really really put me in at the deep end mm. you know so when you're 18 as well yeah, yeah I mean some people go when they're 16 you know to college there and like to be mm. a performer and I think I thought 18 was young but mm. so like they say you know it is even though London feels small, it's, it's huge. You know, there's so many people. Um, so yeah, started auditioning, got an agent and that's what you have to do to get into shows and musical theater. And so I got an agent. I was, uh, I did a few little, little gigs here and there. And then I danced in the opening ceremony of the London Olympics. So that's a huge wow. thing for me. And I turned 21 that night. So that oh, was huge for me. Yeah. That's a I'll always keep close. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I know. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I went into. I got into Mamma Mia. Um, wow. Mia, playing Sophie, which was a huge. That was my dream role. Wow. So I. That was honestly a big moment for me. When I yeah. Role like that was a. Uh, 
Was what it, was even the process again that role like is it like so many different um, um what's um, the word like uh, audition after audition yeah like is it a long process so basically um yeah i think it was about it was three days worth of auditioning wow back to back sometimes depending on what you're auditioning for it'll be over a few weeks a few months it can go on for so long the process can be really long it's yeah. actually exhausted because your adrenaline is up and down up and down up and down I can't imagine. a lot of pressures um and so I actually auditioned and went into the dance call first and usually what happens when you're when you're a performer is you're either you're in for the role of said part or you go in as a dancer and so you're ensemble so I went in as a dancer they didn't call me in for Sophie um went in as a dancer and I'd already auditioned for some of the panel. So they recognized me and they came over to me. And when I got through the dance rounds, they took me into another room where the musical director was. So he plays the piano, he does the music. He basically, they were saying, this girl is actually a singer as well. And she's an right. actress. So <gasps> get her through to, you know, go in for um, auditioning for the role of Sophie. And he was like, yeah, great. So put me through to that had to learn all this material. So you have to learn songs, scripts. Um, so the next day I came back and I had to do, I remember just thinking, <laughs> I'd had a whole day of dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just avoided that day and just come in for this. Yeah. Um, came in for, sang the songs and then got through that day. And then the next day I had to come in for script work. So you have to do like um, scenes with, some of the girls, but you're doing it basically with the panel. They're reading it on the panel and you're having to act off them, which is actually really difficult. Yeah. And then I had to do it opposite one of um, who I'd be playing opposite, which is the guy called Sky, which is from the film, the musical. So, and you have to act like you're in love with this person. <laughs> it's just a bit like, hello, nice to meet you. This is the first time I met you. Yeah. And there's like a kissing scene and you're literally like, okay, like yeah. to kiss person in the room like mm. um then they asked me could I do other, other accents and I was like yeah and on my CV it said I could do like standard American I could do Geordie like I could do I said I could do everything I just throw myself into anything so I was like yeah, yeah sure. and they were like can you do American and I was like yeah sure so I did American and the other guy was English still and it was really hard to kind of bounce off that but yeah they seemed to really like me. My friend was in the room at the time helping with the panel and she came out and she said to me, they love you. And I was like, okay. And- How old was you at this point? Like, was I you still was 18? 20, no, I was 20, I think I was 23 at this yeah. point. I'm now okay. 30. So yeah, it was, it was a big, a big moment for me. Yeah. And then I, I left that audition and I was like, okay, this feels really good. And I've never, that this is the first time I ever felt like I was in the right place at the right time. Mm. And the entire process of, of auditioning through for other shows as well, I'd never felt like that. And right. that's why I was like, I've got to hold on to this because there's something about that moment that makes me feel like I'm in the right place. Yeah. So, and then I, I found out like eight weeks later, maybe even longer that I'd got the job. Wow, so long after. So long. It and must I, be so hard to be in that like 
limbo and the unknown and you i suppose after that long you might almost assume the worst and then it's like do you take on other roles do you keep on auditioning like because you need to be available in case you do like that must be really hard i would find that so hard like i don't do well in uncertainty at all i'm like are we in or out are we on or not like i'm very very late and that is one thing i really struggled with later on getting older Mm. I realized um how difficult it was and yeah. and getting older I was like oh this is my life is so uncertain every day there's no certainty mm. and I, I really struggled with that especially when I got to about 27. Yeah so was you still living in London at that time? Yeah so I only moved uh, home when did I move home like just before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, so you was there almost 10 years maybe a little bit longer i think it was nearly 11 yeah wow oh my god so that's amazing thank you so much for sharing i had known that you was obviously a dancer and living in london but i did not know that i this is why i love doing podcasts with like women that i just find so because i find out so much more even reasons to just love you that was just amazing thank you you're welcome so let's fast forward then to moving home how did that come about what are you up to these days like how did you go from being um in mamma mia to then obviously being a specialist bar instructor so when i was we're getting deep now this is when we're gonna get deep when i was (laughs) 27 I like I was saying just before I was starting to really struggle with London life um I had about three jobs so you know as in we we used to call them as performers we called them muggle jobs so where we were doing normal jobs like working in a theatre front of house or on the bar you were a bartender somewhere you'd work in a fitness studio or you'd be in um, working as a waitress so they were the jobs that you were having to do to keep up your rent and to also um, be able to audition in the day still so basically I yeah I was struggling with with three jobs I was struggling with day-to-day life in London and then I was starting to become a little bit um of a recluse I'd say I was not wanting to leave the flat I was always wanting to stay in I was finding it really hard to go to work I was struggling um feeling tight tight chest and I was just like this is just London life like this is how I've pretty much felt the majority of living in London and that is what I associated it with was just I'm very busy I'm tired Mm. I'm okay I don't want to go to the gym or I don't want to go to work um but it was starting to come into my auditions as well I was realizing I was going into auditions and I was so nervous to the point of I would like nearly black out in auditions not faint but like I was not remembering the audition and I was thinking this isn't right there's something not right I didn't really know what I was surrounded by quite a lot of toxic energy negative energy where I worked um and I I really struggled with that but you don't realize when you're in that moment that you're surrounded by that until you take a step back so I was struggling with that and then um I was starting to 
every single day, couldn't get on the tube, couldn't hail a bus, was wow. like struggling with all of that, like yeah. crying, stood at the tube station, like, I can't get on the tube, I can't get on the tube, I can't go home, I can't, how am I going to get home? And only really my closest friends knew that I was suffering with this, which I thought was just maybe a moment of mm. um, uncertainty of, of like what mm. I was doing with my life. And then um, a few of my friends were really concerned about me. They discussed between them, like, you know, I don't think Anna's herself, because I am a very bubbly, outgoing person, big personality. Um, I'll talk to anyone, but I was getting to the point where I wasn't. Um, and then one of my friends who actually is a, uh, she owns her own mental health charity now. She's in the industry and she reached out to me and she asked me for a coffee and I met her and she just knew instantly that there was something not right. And she spoke to me and she, she asked me like, what's going on with you? You know, all the normal things, like as you would chat with your friend and yeah, I just put it down and I just said, I just don't know what's going on. I'm really worried about myself. Like I'm not yeah. me, I'm not Anna. And she was like, okay, listen, I'm gonna give you this little, um, it was like a questionnaire to fill out that the doctor had sent to her when she was struggling back in the day. She was like, have a look at this, see how you feel filling it out. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it. So I was filling it out, talked about it. And she was like, I'd send it to your doctor if I was you. And I was like, okay. So yeah. I sent it to my doctor. I told my doctor I was struggling. Doctor called me in and basically we this went This is over. still in London. Still in London, yeah. yeah. And basically, long story short with all of that, I, I was obviously really struggling at the time with my anxiety and depression and didn't really know because back when I was 18 and I used to feel these feelings, there was no outlet for any of that. No one talked about it. No one said, oh, that's anxiety or... Oh, you know, no one spoke about it. It was like, don't speak about your mental health. We never yeah. talked about it back in the day. Like, how would we ever know? Mm. Um, obviously, we're so lucky now with all the access we have to things. But yeah. I um, so I got diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And basically, that is something I know that now I will have for the rest of my life, you know, I, I will have to use the tools that I, I went to therapy, you know, three years of that I had, three years of therapy, um, mm -hmm. I recommend people, you know, again, yeah. everyone deals with things differently. So, you know, sometimes people need a life coach, sometimes people need counseling, sometimes people need therapy. There's always different outlets yeah. for people. It depends what you're going through in that journey that you're on. Mm -hmm. um, but I needed, cognitive behavioral therapy to change my thought process as I was everything was a negative thought and I had to yeah. change that process completely relearn into a positive yeah um so I ended up not moving home in that moment because I have such an amazing family like I really really do and I was really worried that I was going to be a little bit mothered so I wanted to feel exactly what I could feel and not have people mothering me and saying, oh, well, you can stay in if you want to. I needed to experience all these feelings without, you know, I wasn't on any antidepressants. I wasn't on any medication. I chose personally that I didn't need that. I wanted to feel exactly what I was feeling and be able to move forward 
with my life and know that the tools that I'd learned in therapy, it takes time. I'm still growing now. I'm still healing now. Like it's, yeah. you know, it happens throughout the rest of your life. Like it's going to happen every day. Yeah. It's about how you choose to then live your life moving forward from that moment that someone says to you, this is what's going on with you. Yeah. Um, so after a year of giving up the industry, I gave up. I told my agent, I don't want to do it anymore. It doesn't bring me any happiness, doesn't bring me any joy. I then decided to go into fitness. I started to go back to these bar classes that my friend introduced me to. I started working at the studio, front of house, and then I became a trainer. And then the pandemic came and I decided to move home. And it was like a little bit of like a force move home. Yeah. But it was like the best decision. Mm. And then I knew, I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, I'm now 30, yeah. I've got my family around me. I've removed all those toxic people out of my life. Yeah. I've got a very small circle of friends that know everything about me inside out. Yeah. And that is key. And fitness pretty much, yeah, saved my life. Like I say that to everyone, you know, it doesn't matter if it was a high intensity workout or I've gone to the gym or just gone for a walk. That is exercise, yeah. going for a walk. Yeah. It, co it correlates, you know, mental health and exercise it comes hand in hand and I think that has become a real big game changer for people so that is what I try when I teach my classes you know it, it's not about for me it's not about people uh, losing weight or wanting to get into a fitness routine it's gen generally about bringing people together in a safe space a community and us us being able to move our bodies together and enjoy that and enjoy what our bodies can do I think yeah. that's really for people to to know me too um, like it's so like I love what you just shared them about bringing you know people together obviously that's BFOS of my social system you know bringing women together like-minded women that whether it's you want to move your body or you want to you know do a ceremony and call in what it is that you want on the new moon or you know you want to paint together like we that's our whole purpose of bringing women together i think in the pandemic you know a lot of women a lot of people feel isolated and then going back to i know for me like before the pandemic i was very conditioned of like going out on a saturday and things like that and like i just saw once i sat back and i was away from like negative people negative energy like you said and just getting to know myself more I realized that like all those things I didn't find fun all of those things that I was just doing on autopilot because I'd done it for so many years just didn't feel good and then I really got to know like who I am what works for me and yeah same I moved home and then it's just been crazy whirlwind crazy journey but I think yeah mental health is so much more spoke about now which I'm so glad about and you know the benefits of social media in that way is amazing but yeah I think years ago like I was very much the same too like I almost felt like because I had a job and because I had an apartment like I, I almost felt like I didn't have the right like I, I, I couldn't have them thoughts I couldn't have them feelings so I was almost like, yeah, I, I think like, you know, when I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's like, 
and I've done a lot of training too. Uh, we speak, I speak once a month with my sisters at the Martin Gallia Project, which is a suicide prevention charity. And I think that just came about so like when we first started my social sister and I was very like apprehensive, like, should we do this? Like is, but then it's like, there's no, the things that have got the most stigma, like mental health and like saying the word suicide, like they're the things what we really want to make normal. Like it's it's normal to to meet up with a friend and they give you a form to fill in, you know, like it's normal to like have them deep conversations, isn't it? And I bet like that's such a turning point for you when you did meet your friend and, you know. A, a, a... I mean, shout out to her because she she really did she held my hand across the table and just said it's okay and you know it's it's so hard you know no one there's a way of dealing with that you know some people feel like they want to say like you need help but it that's a form of like attack I feel like if you're on the opposite side of it it has to be so well planned for someone to speak to you about that you know it's not it's not as easy as just someone saying go get help like but it, you can, I was saying the other day, speaking to a friend about it, I said, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make that horse drink that water. Mm. I struggled with my anxiety from the age, a very young age, probably when I was back in Hammond, when I was 11, uh, but I did not know what was wrong. I did not know. I thought I had asthma because I had tight chests all the time and found it hard to take a deep breath. That's called anxiety. <laughs> like if you, yeah. you know, a form of anxiety for people and and because I was in stressful situations and pressure, I was like, oh you know like I've got to be the best I can be because mm-hmm. you know and and the stigma then around quitting like not performing anymore and people going yeah oh you're not are you not gonna go are you not doing shows anymore and it's like yeah no you know I'm proud now to say no because I had a breakdown that's what happened to me I had a breakdown and that was my breaking point and yeah. that was something was telling me something wasn't right in my body yeah. and that was so yeah, I still I watching performers and going to see shows. I still sing now. I still go and sing at gigs and do all that. It doesn't mean I don't do it anymore because I was mm-hmm. unhappy. Like it was because that type of industry and job didn't bring me what I needed. And it, yeah. it was making my mental health suffer. But I will say, you know, you're never alone. Like that's one thing I learned is you are never alone and your mental health is so important and never give up on yourself because you are here for a reason you know never give up on yourself it's so important that and talk because that is a form of therapy just like now Mm. I'm going to go away today and be like oh feel amazing that I've spoken about this yeah whereas you know when you hold something in it 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 builds up and something eventually so it does. I think it's like, I, I, I love so much that you shared that, like, that's what we sing from the rooftops, like sharing in our sister circles is like, it gives the women so much permission to be able to share like anything at all that comes to mind. You know, some women will share just simply their name and like what they do. And, and some will share like exactly what's like coming up for them that like day or what's drawn them to that particular event. And both are just as potent, just both are like just as there's no one that's like more important than the other like even if you haven't shared that much it might be that might be your um indication of like i want to share and speak more so i think there's no right or like wrong way it's just about like sharing exactly like what feels right for you and following 
just your true when i think i start i think only two podcasts ago i spoke publicly about um when i was date raped when i lived in dubai i don't like to use the word date rape but i was drugged and raped you know in a i thought i was in a safe space and definitely it's it's so much more i don't want to say the word common but it's so much it happens so much more than we would even think and like mental health is so much more common than like we would even apprehend and probably even more now because of the pandemic but i think i just applaud just so much for like sharing like i can't even imagine like living in london for so long and i think we talk about grieving and death as like when we lose a person or when we lose like you know um well yeah like i think that's the only time we think of grieving you know like a loss of like a loved one when really it's like we can grieve like the loss of like an identity yeah person that we once was you know like living like london like city girl like a performer um being the star and like mamma mia you know like for me like living always thought i'd live abroad always thought i'd work in fashion and then it's like although we can end up in a better place like mentally and think like i i know that this was the best decision for me we can still grieve like the life that and the identity that we had and almost like the life that we thought we was going to have like maybe you would have thought like you would have gone in um you know different uh, roles and then gone into like a completely different industry or lived in London for like the rest of your life. Like we can grieve so many different identities even when we're in a better place. Yeah, agreed. Like I never thought I'd move home from London. It was never in my mind ever. I was like, I'm gonna live here forever. Like, yeah. you know, this is, I'm in the city. I love this. Yeah. And times change, things change. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said about you know, also grieving a life that you thought was going to be your life forever. Like it is a thing. Growth is, I'm still Anna. I am now just a fuller version of Anna that I, and this is always the Anna I knew I was going to be, but Mm. I didn't know it would be this journey. I thought it was going to be somewhere else. I'd be in shows and I'd be continuing with that life. I never thought I'd be this Anna now but I'm so proud of Diana that I've become. And that is huge for me because I always really suffered with, you know, imposter syndrome and just feeling Mm -hmm. like I was never good enough. And that for me, I really now I'm like, I know that I can love myself and be proud of myself for where I'm at. Yeah. And still growing and still, and be proud. This is what I also want to say to people, be proud of your little victories, like Mm. and big changes. Cause we as humans hate change, but if you stay in the same place, that's, really <laughs> uncomfortable you want like yeah. you get comfortable there you want to be uncomfortable so you want to push yourself out your comfort zone push yourself out of sitting there mm. um I never thought I'd be doing this I never thought I'd be teaching a group of people men yeah. and women men who come to my class as well they're pushing yeah. themselves out of their comfort zones like absolutely um, it's so um it's funny isn't it life like we can just think and presume that we're going in one direction and then like it's about listening to your body and what feels good listening to your mind like how your thoughts are and like yeah just i also think as well one thing i've learned like day to day life back then for me was just a struggle like i just was not 
myself like I'd go to the office and not even have brushed my hair like that's just not me you know like I was just so low and I just couldn't like I just couldn't explain like where it was like coming from but it was almost like I had to just be in that inquiry mode of like this surely is not normal and then I almost felt like I was just fighting the losing battle too whereas now I feel like my life is like a holiday every day like I can I have choice I make choice I live an intentional day I nourish all of my senses every day and I just give myself permission for taking rest or like whatever it is that like I want to do and what feels good and I can honestly say like when you are true to yourself what feels good like you can't not be successful because it's like you're just a full body yet to your life you're just like i've never felt so much like bianca like i shared with you before we had this uh we, before we started recording about how i'm really starting to not use the word the name b like i think that was such like me and my cool like cool girl days trying to be like something that i wasn't trying you know really like partying and it was like yeah my name's b you know and it's just like I'm ready to step into like my higher power, step into Bianca and truly be like the woman that I, I feel like, like you said, I was always meant to be here, but I just lost my way a bit in my twenties, as you do. <laughs> that's okay. Like, you know, and that's it. And it's also, like you said, taking rest days and, mm. and always listening to yourself it's just so important that the self-care comes into that you know you yeah. know when you wake up in the morning ask yourself I have to say like how's Anna feeling today because that's what I learned like mm. I never asked myself how I was and what you know when people walk past you in the street hi how are you people aren't actually asking how are you is there a difference yeah. between like how are you to no how are you yeah how are you doing what's new like instead of just the passing like you know you're not really asking me how I am it's so important that you ask yourself that mm. um so and it, again there's some days where you're not going to feel great so be kind to yourself be gentle with yourself you don't have to go to the gym you don't have to work out if you want to go for a walk that honestly will change your day around because of the nature around you the smells the sounds like mm. all of that it's all about your senses in that moment. And it's okay if some days you want to sit in bed and watch Netflix, Yeah, let yourself do that because the next day is a brand new day. Mm. Like just be kind always and not just yeah. to yourself but to others because you never know what someone's going through. And that's what I think I learned as well. Like, yeah, you never know. Mm. I think as well, once I started being kind to myself, I just naturally, embodied being more empathic for others because I'd got to know myself and you know I think um I can honestly say like I was probably not a very nice person for a long time and then I would drink and like consume alcohol and end up even horribler that's even a word but like I was very much in that cycle of like and and I, once I come out of it and I would like share with my sisters and I would get so anxious, you know, on a Sunday, like when I'd been out the night before and then I'd have anxiety because of the night before, but then also because I had work the next day and it was just this vicious, vicious cycle. And I just, I, I just was becoming this like really horrible girl, you know, I really didn't. And it was because it was almost like I didn't like myself and my life so much that it was like, I was just going the yeah, opposite, yeah, the opposite, yeah. And I was yeah, taking everything, everything. 
you know, if you're in a bad mood one day or something, you project that onto other people. Like when you're driving, you're like, oh God, why is that person going that slow? And it's your, your issues, like your, you know, yeah. what's going on with you. And yeah. I, I say issues, but you know, you could be, something's gone wrong that morning and it's frustrating and that's why. So you don't know that person sat in that car who's going slow or the person who's got the road rage, they've had a really bad day and there's something going exactly. on with them. Like, you just don't know. So yeah. like you said, those type of, you know, alcohol, it doesn't help anything because then that does start to bring out other sides of you. And, and then you'd be anxious thinking, oh, what did I say? What did I do? Like, was I not a nice person to this person? And then that's yeah. making you more anxious and you get into a vicious cycle. And what happens is you start to spiral. And the only way you can get out of that is being aware of yourself you know standing in your power and being like this isn't who I am mm -hmm. and I'm unhappy I'm unhappy yeah uh, I think when you're in it as well and I, I loved what you shared before like when you're in it I think it doesn't seem I mean it feels bad but it probably doesn't seem as bad because I found as well a lot of the people I was around felt the same so then it was like this just must be normal or this like everyone's everyone's regretting going out everyone's saying like I'm not drinking anymore you know everyone's saying the same thing so it was like this must just be life but then you know two and a bit years ago yeah I was just like no this is not what I'm like this is not my passion and purpose I'd always been into personal development but I hadn't um, you know, and I'd read things like The Secret, but it was always like how to be more successful, like how to have like a side hustle, how to, you know, like have financial freedom. It was very goal driven rather than like how it feels. Like I've shared on my podcast so much about how I was more focused on how my life looked in the past rather than how it felt. And I've just, um, I've honestly related with all you've shared so much. And I'm so, I'm just so, thankful that you've came on and she's been so vulnerable and raw and i can imagine anybody who's listening to this if you are feeling you know the same as anna said like you're not alone like our sisterhood is here i'm sure anna your inbox is also open we can definitely share at the end you know where our listeners can find you but yeah it's it's so it's so nourishing i think for anybody who's listening this to know that me and you you know we've been there and now look where we are now like living our true passion and purpose like we the thoughts don't go away the down those days don't go away but it's like we have the tools in place now in order to know what to do to light ourselves up and you can get there too you know with um and it's all trial and error too so like bar and fitness is you know like anna's vice you know and i talk so much about like self-care and getting out in nature like it's all trial and error so if something doesn't feel like good for you then it's like try something else you know if you set a morning routine and then it starts to just become like a checklist like mix it up try something else it's very like i have like a love-hate relationship with journal and like some of my coaches and some of my friends like that's like amazing and so nourishing and healing for them whereas journaling for me is more like you know if i feel like it so it's very much not textbook it's whatever works for each individual isn't it yeah. but i would love just finally before we um wrap up if you could share what it is you do now in in order to nourish yourself and practice self-care obviously you hold bar classes but 
as Anna, you know, what do you do for you? Yeah, like the ethos of my social sister, everything we do is bringing it back to you and how you can look after yourself and not pour from an empty cup. You know, you're a business owner. And I would love, yeah, you to share like how you don't get to that point of burnout and what you do to practice self-care. Yeah, so I have a, a massive morning routine. So when you said that, that resonated hugely with me. I am part of that infamous 5am club and people will hate me for that like they, they're like how do you wake up so early you know I've been seeing your stories you know you've been doing all your things early morning it literally changes my day getting up mm -hmm. early I ask myself how I am as soon as I wake up I'll take a little bit of a stretch because I definitely need to like move my body first thing in the morning if I don't do a, a workout online at home I will do a stretch and something a quick flow something that's going to make me feel good I love to have my bowl of porridge is is life i have porridge with coconut milk i'm going to tell you all banana strawberry <laughs> almond butter i have uh, chia seeds and a little bit of agave syrup mm. and that is like my taste buds i'm just like <laughs> it's made my day mm. i'll go out for a walk i also meditate which has got a lot of people don't really know about meditation or feel uncomfortable about meditation so also on my instagram i have some uh, meditation guided meditations Amazing. there came in to help during lockdown with people who wanted to take 10 minutes to themselves so i do a little bit of meditation sometimes i don't listen to anything i'll just listen to my breathing that's a lot of what i do because i want to bring my breath back come back to being centered i love spending time with my family that's a huge self-care thing for me because i never got to do it for so long I never wanted to because yeah. I, was, for so long, I was in London and never I, I would barely come home so I've got two gorgeous edible edible nieces that are just the mm -hmm. cutest and they're so important to me and my family and yeah just and I move for me I don't move because I'm a fitness trainer I move my body no matter if that's walking stretching or working out for me because that massively helps with my head hugely and that is my self-care like it's part of my routine it has to be um so yeah I love that definitely uh, I'm sure all this will be getting some inspo I'm definitely <laughs> creating that porridge <laughs> my mouth was like salivating is that the word yes yeah it is. <laughs> amazing no it sounds gorgeous we'll definitely be having <laughs> So finally, if you can just let everyone know where they can find you on social yeah. media, what your handle is and yeah, share away. So my handle is Anna Hairsnape underscore trainer. Hairsnape, I'm sure you'll see it on the, on the podcast, but it's H-A-R-E-S-N-A-P-E. -E. Hair like the rabbit, snake like Professor Snape. <laughs> I love that. I should when I was introducing you, I should have said that. <laughs> Honestly, in auditions, that's how I used to introduce myself. Oh, I love that. So you still have a, still have part of your audition days in your everyday obsessed. Every day, it's gotta be. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, where you'll find me. And there's lots of little workouts on there as well, free workouts if anyone ever wanted to give them a go in their own time and the meditations Amazing. on there. Oh, our really app will be ready next week and we're gonna have like a whole collaboration and sisterhood section and like i would love to have some of your videos on there and yeah, that would course. be amazing yeah. of course. Fab. 
and then yeah just um final share i guess of like so you do online classes like how can our listeners connect with you and work with you and like what are your offerings so yeah i um i offer private one-to-ones so if you are not comfortable on an online class um you can always drop me a message about a private session they were they're an hour long so i do like a 10 minute free consultation if you want to get in touch and um i also do online classes they're a wednesday morning at 6 30 a.m and a friday morning at 7 a.m and they're only half an hour so really short and sweet to start your day and um you can also have your camera on or off so there's never any pressure to feel like you have to be seen it's mm. just for you the class it's not for anyone else so feel mm. free to have your camera off and yeah drop me any messages with questions about bar and other things um and the mental health yeah not that i am you know i just know about my mental health and I can exactly talk yeah everyone is everyone's different so mm-hmm. yeah amazing thank you so much Anna I've loved this episode so much I'm definitely going to listen to it back because it's been so nourishing and yeah just thank you so much for your vulnerability and your raw shares it's just so refreshing that we can talk about it so freely so I'm so thankful and grateful for you thank you so much Bianca I love it it's so strange hearing Bianca but we'll let you see it as much as it's probably strange for people to not call me B anymore, I'm like pulling like the whole team up. I'm like, it's Bianca now. And they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> amazing. I will see you soon. I will definitely be on one of your early morning classes. <laughs> so thanks so much. And yeah, everyone just let us know in the comments your best best bits of this episode and like we said before our both our inboxes are always open if you want to talk and yeah cannot wait to uh, get this one live so we'll leave it there thank you bye ben,